This is Lifetime Sentence, the podcast where we watch bad Lifetime original movies and compare them to the truly heinous stories that inspired them. Because sometimes the truth really is stranger than fiction. It's going pretty well. How about you? It's been a day. What's been going on? Oh, actually, I do know. Yeah, you do. (laughs) I mean, it's fine. And so I won't get into it. I'll just... Because, you know, I'll just make you cut it if I get into the whole story. But generally, like, I'm having issues with my taxes. So we'll just say that. I mean, welcome to America. <laughs> um, also, welcome to Lifetime Sentence. I'm Paul. I'm Aaron. We yes! nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. No, okay. So I'm having problems with my taxes. And, you know, sometimes, like, or I don't know if everybody's like this. But sometimes when I have a problem, like, I want people to be like, Oh, let me tell you about my shitty problem that I've had before, you know? And sometimes I want them to be like, you can do this. Like, you're going to get through it. It's going to be amazing. And you know what? Sometimes I just want them to be like, poor you. Like, poor little you. I'm sorry. Which which one do you want today? Because I think I tried two of the three. The third kind. Okay, good. I went with that one. <laughs> yeah, you did. <laughs> the one I didn't go with was let me tell you about my shitty day. Because I think... Like, that never helps me personally. It just makes me feel shitty for someone else, too. I mean, it's fine. It's just, like, it doesn't make me feel better. But sometimes, like, misery loves company. So I'm like, yeah, okay, you're miserable, too. Like, that makes me feel a little bit better. Right. But sometimes, like, I just want someone to wrap me up in a blanket and be like, poor little baby. Like, have a seat. Here's, like, here's a Coke and here's some tacos and, like, watch TV. <laughs> I like Coke and tacos. Actually, Dr. Sarah is making chili, so. Mm, I went to Taco Bell. I see that. You got your pinky up, though, so you're uh, real classy. I know. (laughs) (laughs) I do my best. But, yeah, it's been a day. But it's – at this point, it is what it is. So I'm just trying to, like, move in the right direction because the more I sit and wallow about it, the worse it's going to be. You know, it's not going to make anything better. But also, I just want to wallow. I just wanted to wallow for a minute. Well, good. I mean, we all need to. Huh? I said we all need to. Yeah, wallow every once in a while. Um, And then, uh, so I came home and I hadn't, first of all, I did some self-care today. So good for you. I changed out all the wallflowers in my house. So my house smells completely different. And I love that. Good. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I was getting sick of the cranberry from December anyway. Um, And then I watched this movie, which really was a nice pick me up because (laughs) I'm not in the woods with some creepy dude. Right. (laughs) Even if it is Scott Patterson. Look, they creeped him way out. Oh, I hate movie. that so much. Because I, re- I, I didn't even recognize him until you said that it was him because I I didn't really get into Gilmore Girls, but I know who he is. Right. And I did not realize that, that it was him. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wait, what happens? What's going on with you? How was your birthday? It was great. Dr. Sarah took me to the zoo. I saw. And uh, my birthday gift was a membership to the zoo so that I can go anytime I want. Because I really, Excellent. I really like to go and sketch the animals, mm-hmm. um, and so I can go. And she paid for me a membership where I can bring one person with me whenever I want. So nice. uh, that was really nice. And I got to pet a giraffe, even though the sign said "Don't pet the giraffe." But I mean, I'm sitting there feeding them. What do they think I'm going to do? Just offer it lettuce and then not touch the damn thing? <laughs> it's a giraffe. I'm going to pet I it. Clearly, never met you, right? <laughs> 
Um, and then we uh, went to the penguin feeding, and then mm-hmm. we went to the wild bird walkabout. And um, the wild bird walkabout is just a big aviary where you can Mm -hmm. buy like sticks with seeds on it and feed the birds. Except that because yesterday was cold, there were only like seven people in the whole zoo. Mm -hmm. And so normally like the birds don't even care about the seed you're offering. But because there was nobody, I was just like covered in birds. It was like a really um, vibrant Stephen King movie. That's like my nightmare. I loved it so much. <laughs> um, in fact, uh, some friends who went with us, they, sh- my friend Rachel was terrified. Rachel actually listens to a shout out to Rachel. Hi, Rachel. Uh, but she just got overwhelmed with all the birds flying at us initially. And mm-hmm. then on her way home from the zoo yesterday, she actually got rear ended. And she said that getting hit in the car was less terrifying than all the, the birds bird. coming at her. <laughs> I feel that. I am not a big bird person. I, Birds freak me out. They're they're statistically improbable. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm bizarre in that I love every animal except for snakes. I can't get I try. Like I, I try. Like I've either. held one. I've held a couple. Like I try to get over it. They just give me the heebies. But everything else I really like. I even like lizards and things like that. Um, and so, yes, I'm, just, I'm just not big on reptiles in general. I can get on board with a lizard, but I, I say no to the danger noodle. Like I'm, mm. Mm, yeah, no danger noodle, but like, I like lizards and I especially love spiders. And oh yeah. I don't do spiders. So I, I, spiders don't scare me as much as like, um, like if, if I saw a spider at my house, I wouldn't be as freaked out as if I saw like one of those huge, like water bug roaches. Oh yeah. No hard pass. Those are mm-hmm. those are monsters. They're not. Yeah, they are. Um. Anyway, now that we've talked, so let me tell you about my experience on your birthday. Please do. So I went to my friend's house. My friend Aaron. Hey, um, Aaron. Yeah, Aaron and Logan and Don at like we just, were all hanging out and we were play. We made pizza. We were playing Cards Against Humanity, and I told Aaron, I said, "Oh, today's Paul's birthday." And she flipped out. She was like, I love him. He's my favorite. So basically, my best friend loves you more than she loves me. And now I'm a little bit jealous. Yes. Listen, this is what I've been waiting for my whole life. (laughs) You're stealing my friend from me. So she made me, well, you've seen because you opened it. She made me make, or I made her make you a Snapchat for your birthday. So we sent you that video. (laughs) Thank you, Erin, for the snap. It really did make me smile so big. I thought my cheekbones were going to break. Like... (laughs) So she said she's trying to get, because my birthday is in two weeks. Right. And she says she's trying to get um, something together for my birthday. But if she's able to do it, she's going to have to do it for both of us. So perfect. we'll see what that is. I'm not sure. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Okay. Now, are we going to talk about this movie? I mean, I don't really want to. Can we just two hours of us shooting the shit? Because Yeah, let's do it. I'm on board. Yeah, this movie, first of all, I think this was an acquisition by Lifetime. It was not a Lifetime original movie. Okay. Because it said presented by, and now I can't remember the studio name. I should have probably written that down. Sorry, guys. But it was. Look, if you're here for facts, you're in the wrong place. Just Google it. It's fine. Um, And so it was better. 
it was higher quality than some of the Lifetime movies. Okay. Um, which I liked. Um, so this stars this kidnapped Hannah Anderson, which I'm a little unclear on the name because Lifetime calls it kidnapped Hannah Anderson, and the movie says kidnapped the Hannah Anderson story. <laughs> Did you ever watch the Jack Black movie School of Rock? Not, I haven't seen it in years. So it's called I, yes. School of Rock. But in uh-huh. the very opening scene, there's a neon sign that says, The School of Rock. <laughs> and that's always pissed me off. <laughs> that's so funny. My friend Janie, her daughter takes, um, she's learning to play the guitar and she goes to the school, they, if they call it School of Rock. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. a national yeah. chain of schools. Yeah, I I love. I went to one of their performances. It was so fun. I thought it was a really cool way to get kids like oh. involved in music. I liked it. Anyways, so this movie stars Jessica Amley, 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 A M L E E, as Hannah Anderson. She is in Heartland, which I'm, I had not heard of that. It's on the Up channel, so I think it's probably religious in some way. Okay. Um, and then she's also in a Netflix show called Greenhouse Academy, and I've never seen it, but... I know nothing about either of these. <laughs> then we have Scott Patterson. He is uh, James. He plays J- James DiMaggio. He is Luke from Gilmore Girls. I did not watch Gilmore Girls, but I know you have. Yes, many, many, <laughs> many, many, many times. And I know most people have. It just, I think by the time I got around to trying to binge it, I was too old because I, uh, I related to the the mom that the, the like grandmother, the yeah, real hard. <laughs> yeah, no. As an adult, I agree with Emily every time. I, I was like, I watched like five episodes and I was like, I always agree with the grandmother and those people are never going to get along. So I no. should probably stop watching this show. Um, he, he was also in Saw. Really? So, yeah, he was in like three or three or four of the Saw movies. And I'm like, what a what an acting spread. Like, <laughs> And I know he was in a baseball movie. Yes. Um, shoot, I have this up. It was... And I, I only remember that because he was a baseball player. And I don't remember if he was what? pro or semi-pro or what. And so it was like typecasting. His IMDb picture, he kind of looks like Jim Belushi a little bit. Okay. That's a little off-putting. I don't like that. Maybe get a new profile pic. I don't know. I know you're listening, Scott Patterson. Listen, <laughs> we're saving your career. Yeah, we are. We're just <laughs> doing our job. Well, now I can't find the mo- the baseball movie. It's okay. I just don't know why that's stuck in my head. Just IMDb. It's on there somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> um, Brian McNamara plays Brett Anderson, who is Hannah's father. Right. He has a one of those familiar faces. And he was in a lot of stuff in like the 90s, like a lot of like sitcoms as small characters. The thing he's really known for, though, is Army Wives. I watched Army Wives, so let me look this guy up. I watch it with my mom every week. Okay, yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, He was in, like, one episode of Everything Forever. Yeah, he was. But I Um, think of him as a comedy actor, so what would I know him as from a comedy? I don't know. He was in Short Circuit. Yeah. 
I love short circuit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, there you go. That's what you know. Um, and finally, excuse me, we have Jay Pickett who plays who I'm going to call FBI Frank. Okay. We love FBI Frank. That's why he gets a mention at the top. He's not a huge character in this, but we still love him. Beautiful. Um, he's been in a lot of Lifetime movies, and he was also in a movie about Ted Bundy a while ago. Okay. Which I almost took away points from him because I'm so sick of Ted Bundy right now. Right. I'm so over. Ugh. Like, I love the Ted Bundy tapes, but I'm just so tired of talking about it. I haven't watched <laughs> it yet, to be honest. Uh, I mean... That came out, and then 2020 did a two-parter on it, and you know it's and now the Zac Efron movie. It's just like I get it, I get it. <laughs> There's a little bit of over romanticizing Ted Bundy specifically going on that I don't like because, like, he's fascinating. I'm not going to lie and he say is. he's not, but maybe don't give him all this airtime for the other sociopaths who are seeing that he's getting all this attention. Mm-hmm. Um. Because I don't want there to be another Ted Bundy. I think that people find him so interesting because they want to believe that all serial killers look like psychos. And he didn't. And I like, I mean, he was a a decent looking man. I won't say he was super hot. Okay, I was about to say unpopular opinion. I don't think he's that attractive. Like, I think he's not, I don't think he's unattractive. But I don't think he's like... But also, if you see videos of him, like, there are videos of him where he looks like he's in a good mood and he's, like, laughing. And I'm like, oh, that guy's, you know, he's kind of handsome. Right. And then there's videos of him where he's going, like, all cock-a-doodle-doo in the courtroom. And I'm like, oh, that guy's a freaking nut job. Right. No thank you. (laughs) Okay. But if you're driving down the road and you see laughing Ted Bundy just on the side of the road, are you pulling over to get his number? Yes or no? No. Yeah. See? Let, let, let me tell you this. Let me tell you exactly how many times I've pulled over to get a guy's phone number well, in my whole life. Zero, I'm sure. Zero. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm just like, I know people who just kind of espouse that he is the hottest person who's ever lived, or they find him like super attractive, and I can't get on board with that. In fact, last year, you may remember this, a guy like chased me down in a convenience store parking lot where I was getting gas. To, like, introduce himself to me and give me his phone number. And I never called him because that was weird. Yeah. Then he found me on Facebook. I remember? remember that. And, yeah, no. Mm-mm. No, thank you. Hard I don't pass. even know how that guy found me on Facebook. It was super creepy as fuck. Like, ugh. No. <laughs> Anyways. FBI Frank. We love him. Yes. We don't love Ted Bundy. <laughs> We open on a bunch of FBI agents and police, like, walking through the woods. Okay. Which is always a good sign. Like, if I'm out camping and I see that, I'm going to be like, I feel completely safe right now. I love walking <laughs> through the woods. <laughs> um, next, we see a man, like, trying to start a fire. and um, But he's like, oh, this wood is too wet. I don't know a lot about camping. I am not a camper. <laughs> In case you can't tell. Is he striking matches, clicking a lighter, or, like, striking two pieces of flint? Oh, that you're asking me to pay way too much attention to these movies. (laughs) (laughs) He's arguing with a teenage girl um, about why she's looking at him, quote, like that. And I'm like, oh, because you've never been around a teenager before. That's... (laughs) (laughs) 
And she's like, hey, you're acting crazy, Uncle Jim. I want to go home. Meanwhile, a few uh, hundred feet away, a man with a sniper rifle is getting them into his crosshairs. Uh-oh. But it's not um, what's-his-name from Tal Hot Blonde. Thank okay, God. good. <laughs> it's not Marine Sniper. <laughs> That's a crossover episode I'm not ready for. No. No, I'm not on board. Um, so the girl is telling Uncle Jim, fine, like, I know you want us to be together, but we can't do that if we die out here in the woods. <laughs> it's logical. I don't like the <laughs> phrasing, I know you want us to be together. Well, especially, get used to it. Especially um, in such close proximity to Uncle Jim. Yeah. You're going to hear me say the words, no, 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 ew, and a lot during this episode so i hope you're all prepared (laughs) oh no it's so bad okay she's like we're lost we need help um she then tells him she's like i read once if you shoot your gun in the air three times it means sos which i'm not sure that that's true but if you've been kidnapped it is a good way to call attention to your location yeah okay (laughs) however um, as somebody who grew up in a hunting family, guys, if you are stranded and you have a gun, do not shoot it straight up into the air. We have this wonderful thing on planet Earth called gravity. Mm-hmm. And what goes up will definitely come down. That's why you should carry a pack of flares with you. Mm-hmm. I don't think um, Uncle Jim was fully prepared for this trip. So, Oh, surprise hunting. I mean, surprise camping trip. Okay. Surprise camping trip. Yes. It's the, the worst, worst kind of surprise. <laughs> God, nobody ever take me on a surprise camping trip. I will not be pleased. Aaron, um, is that our joint birthday present? No. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Do not want. <laughs> Um, so crazy Jim is like, oh yeah, like this. And he points the gun up and he shoots it in the air, but the bullet does not fall down and strike him dead. Unfortunately. Um, he's like, oh, maybe now the cavalry, like the cavalry will come and get you. And a twig snaps in the distance. So crazy, crazy Jim starts yelling at the trees. (laughs) Like you do. Yeah. He's, he knows what they're thinking. He says, I'm not going to jail. I am leaving here with my girl. We're walking out of here together. Meanwhile, the girl, who is Hannah, crawls in the tent and zips it close. She's like, good girl. (laughs) Um, Crazy Jim starts shooting at the trees because trees are dangerous. Well, how dare they mock him like that? But surprise, the tree shoots back and he dies. What a shame. Um, The FBI agents walk up and they're like, it's okay, Hannah. It's over now. So Hannah wakes up in the hospital and her dad is there. Um, She asks about her mom and her brother and her dad's like, oh, they're dead. And they don't go really into this right now, but they will. Okay. I don't Um, like it already. No. Audio news stories tell us that Hannah, that play over like the top of the scene where they're hugging and crying. Um, audio news stories play over and say that Hannah did not know about the murders. 
uh, dad's driving her home and he's telling her how glad everyone will be that she's alive because people like spend a lot of time looking for her. Um, and Hannah's like really upset about her mom and brother. She says, you know, and he's like, you know, it's going to be okay. Her dad says that like, it's going to be okay. And she says that he doesn't understand that she could have tried to save them. Okay. But her dad says she can't change what happened, but everything's going to be okay. So they get home and there are reporters all over their yard. I don't like it. And I'm like, first thing, I'm like, this is not Texas because. Right. <laughs> um, they swarm Hannah like while she's trying to walk into the house and they're asking her to comment. And um, her dad rushes her inside and then tells all the reporters that she's okay and they're just trying to move forward. But their relationship between this father and daughter is weird. Okay. And they don't really get into it until closer to the end of the movie. So it's just awkward. Okay. Um, Hannah's friend comes over and her, the reporters like swarm her and they're like, can you tell Hannah to come out and talk to us? And I'm like, leave her the fuck alone. Do not do that. Ugh. Her friend Cassie quips that there's so many people outside that Hannah must be hiding one direction in their house in her house. Oh man, topical. Which tells me like this must have happened like recently adjacent. <laughs> yes. The real crime happened 2013. Okay. 2013. Okay. Cassie is Cassie's her friend. She's telling Hannah not to hide, to just go outside and talk to reporters, and I'm like, don't do that. Do not no. Hannah, it's time for you to find a new friend. Cassie <laughs> is dumb. Mm-hmm. Um, they go upstairs and get online, which don't do that either. No. Mm-mm, girl, we got to talk. Then they open her MySpace messages. And I was like, I was really confused because I didn't even think MySpace was still a thing when One Direction was even alive. Well, so it still exists. <laughs> Justin Timberlake bought it in like 2011, maybe even before that. Um but it's not really a thing that you use. Definitely a topical teenager, because I know mm -hmm. Hannah was very uh, social savvy, would mm -hmm. not have been using MySpace in 2013. I think it's supposed to be just a knockoff of, of a social media website, but it is laid out like MySpace. And so that's gotcha. where I went with that, which made me think it was like the early aughts. <clears throat> um, she has 1,097 messages. Oh, my gosh. That gives me an anxiety attack. Yeah. Cassie's like, oh, you're so popular. We should answer them. Cassie. <laughs> listen, um, Uncle Jim fired some bullets straight up into the air at the campsite. I need you personally to go find the casings as they fell. <laughs> he shot four shots. Go find all four casings. <laughs> uh, okay. So... Hannah's like, okay, like we'll answer some of these. So they start with, are you glad Jim was shot or would you rather him be in prison? And she says, oh, she's much happier that he was shot. Um, the next one says, did he really tell you he had a crush on you or is that just a rumor? And she said, he said he had a family crush on me. Ew. You want to hear the worst part? No. That's yes. not made up. <laughs> what the fuck is a family crush? But this comes back. It comes okay. back. <laughs> Good. Maybe you can clear it up for me. Oh, well, I'll clear it all up right now. A family crush is gross. 
Um, the end. Yeah, a family crush sounds illegal. Probably because it is. <laughs> okay, just just um, checking. Uh, so he said he just wanted to protect her. Which this answer didn't make sense, but then when the thing happens, I'm like, okay, I get it. I understand where they're going. I just don't like it. Okay. <laughs> um, so then we get back to like basic teenager bullshit. Okay. Messages like, you're hot. What's your favorite color? What's your favorite movie? What's your favorite music? You know. Okay. Typical also, she says her. She says her favorite movie is Step Brothers, and so I'm on board. Okay. <laughs> um, I've never seen it. I know you're shocked. I, yeah. At this point, you know, it's just a constant disappointment, Paul. That's all. I mean, listen, my family's been saying the same thing for years. Uh, so is mine. It's fine. Uh, so then she gets a message that says, they say he wrote letters to Jim and spent a lot of time with him. Why did you run away with the guy? And instead of being like, oh, internet trolls, am I right? She responds. Don't. Did you drink Cassie's juice? Probably. God, y'all are both dumb. He's. She says, he said he would murder me. Does that sound like someone I would run away with? Um, Which might I point <clears throat> out, wasn't actually answering the question. No. Um, and then the next message says, I think you helped him kill your mom and brother. And yikes. I think you need to fuck off. So finally, dad gets off his ass to see what these two teenage girls are doing. Bravo. And he suggests that maybe Cassie should go home. Then he tells Hannah to stay off the internet. But he leaves her computer with her, which, I mean, that's parenting 101. You don't do that. <laughs> um, you don't just innately trust teenagers to do what you've told them to do? No. Never. Man, I've been doing this middle school teaching thing wrong. I know. I know you have. I'm here to teach you. <laughs> Thank God. Mm -hmm. Later, she's telling her dad that she doesn't eat red meat because I guess he didn't know that. So they're like pointing out that these two are not very close. Okay. He starts asking her about classes for next semester. And she's like, oh, he says, oh, you should take geometry. And she says, um, oh, I took that last year. Okay. Then he makes her fried rice, <clears throat> and she says, "Oh, mom used to make it make it with uh, yolk in it, like egg yolk." And right. now I want fried rice. So right. Um, the dad is like, "I can fix this. I can fix this." And Hannah is a teenager, so she says, "It's really fine. Like, please stop trying to fix everything." Okay. A news story comes on, and shockingly enough. The news about Hannah's little online quorum got out. Oh, no. And they're talking about her a little internet party. A different story comes on talking about how she had gone on vacation with Crazy Jim alone, like a few months before the uh, uh, abduction. Okay. Hannah freaks the fuck out. She runs to the front door and flings it open. Like, flashbulbs start going off, but her dad, like, catches her and, like, pulls her back inside and closes the door. Um, and, yeah, that's for sure how you know it's not Texas, because anyone in Texas would come out with a gun. Oh, 100%. <laughs> uh, da -da -da -da. 
she he says like you just need to ignore them and it'll go away and she tells him that they're not accusing him of doing anything um like that and she can't let this happen apparently they're calling her the lakeside lolita which do better reporters come on look Um, we've already had several discussions about how reporters aren't allowed to name things for real uh, In fact, if you're a reporter and you're planning on having a child soon, please email us and we will help you name your child. We will name your child for you. Um, we cut to the funeral and um, there's reporters everywhere again. So her dad gets out of the car first and like escorts her inside. Like he covers, like puts his arm around her and he's like, no comment, no comment and takes her inside. Okay. Um, Cassie brings her a Frappuccino, which I mean... I'm back on board with Cassie now. <laughs> I, I, I'm still not. Um, Cassie's all excited about Hannah being famous, but Hannah is not anymore. That's why don't teenagers know the concept of fame and what is not fame? Oh, because they're teenagers. I'm gonna live forever. Yeah. So people oh so hannah's like uh they're saying i killed my family and that's not like glamorous fame sorry um the reporters storm into this funeral and at this point i wrote and you kind of um brought it up a minute ago i wrote is california real if that happened in texas five people would have pulled out guns oh absolutely at at least um Hannah locks herself in the bathroom and has a mild panic attack. So I would she too. Needs a and a nap, um, which I would too. So the priest um, at the service calls the murderer an abomination and a senseless act. Um, the FBI agent comes in at the end and like stands in the back. And um, Hannah, this is really cute. Um, all of Ethan's uh, sports ball team players. Okay. Uh, they all wear their jerseys to the funeral and they like sit in the back, like all together as a team. It's so cute. So Hannah like gathers them all together and they take a picture. Like she's like, Oh, this is like my brother's team. I want to take a picture with them. <sighs> I think I'm going to do a lot of crying tonight. I'm just okay. heads up. Okay. Um, the FBI agent asks how she's doing. And again, as an adult tells her not to let the reporters get to her. He gives her his card and says if she ever needs to talk to call. Um, they hug. The reporters come in again. And like, what the fuck is this? Um, I. Why is there not somebody patrolling? Right? I was like, what is happening? Like, I'm really enraged at this. What happened at my, at my um, family's funeral? I would be. Like, enraged. I would. I would not have any time for that kind of bullshit. And people would probably get me on camera saying some pretty colorful sound bites. So, you know. <laughs> go big or go home. So, apparently, Hannah posted the picture um, with Ethan's team on Instagram. So, people are mad about it. Go fuck yourselves. She goes to turn off the TV and get ready to say go f- Go really fuck yourself because she goes to turn off the TV where they're talking about it. And crazy Jim's sister is giving an interview about how Hannah, how she had always warned Jim that Hannah was um, 
trouble for him because she was too flirty and he was such a good friend to her parents that he never told them that she was being inappropriate. Go fuck yourself. She is a 16-year-old child, you son of a bitch. For real, right? For real. It's... I have no words for that bullshit. I can't. (laughs) Um, Are you fucking kidding me? She says Jim would never hurt anyone, so those murders were a total fluke and probably Hannah's fault. (laughs) Brief. For those of you who can't see me right now, I just literally almost fell out of my chair. Like, I have whiplash. What does she think? So her dad comes up because while this is going on, she's like, dad, you need to come here and see this. And at first he's like, I don't want to see that. I don't want to see anything. And she's like, no, get your ass in here. (laughs) Um, So also like during this part of the movie, I had a full on rage blackout. I was, (laughs) it was so bad. Um, So Hannah and her dad, get in a fight about this whole thing because Hannah wants to fight back and tell her story to um, like a news outlet. And her dad wants her to just leave it alone and it'll all go away. I can see both um, sides of the argument is the worst part. I can too. And he tells her and he said to dad, cause he's like, I told you to knock it off with the selfies. And here we are. Like <laughs> always on that phone. <laughs> Um, Hannah asks him if he's okay with what Jim's sister is saying about her. And he says, you know, no, he's not. And so Hannah's like, exactly. Like we need to fight. Um, and the dad is like, look, the spotlight is going to get so much worse. Yeah. Um, but Hannah's like, look, call the today show back and agree to the interview. So he does. Okay. We cut to New York city and they're doing the show. Um, this reporter is an actress and not an actual reporter for the Today Show, and I feel a little bit disappointed. I don't watch enough Today Show to, like, I don't know that I would even know if I knew. Is Michael Strahan on the Today Show? No, he's on Good Morning America. Is he? Okay. I think so. Right? I'm always at work when those shows are on. I don't know. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I knew that there was someone named Michael Strahan. That should give me at least have partial credit. Michael Strahan was a football player. I don't watch the sports ball either. <laughs> um, Hannah is a little bit like um, camera shy at first. And the dad looks so uncomfortable. He's like. <laughs> <laughs> so Hannah starts telling the story and we flash back to the past. Uh, Crazy Jim is barbecuing and little Ethan Um, is showing him his karate moves. Um, Everything is normal, except Hannah, like, comes out into the backyard where they're barbecuing, and she smiles at them because they're, you know, playing together. And she's probably even smiling at her brother. But but Crazy Jim sees her, and everything slows down. Yeah. And I'm already creeped the fuck out. Right. Thank you. (laughs) <laughs> Hannah asks her mom oh cause well, while they're eating um, Jim's like oh did you ask your mom that thing that we talked about 
Mm -mm, Nope. So she says, hey, mom, for my 16th birthday, Jim wants to take me to L.A. Um, well, is he going to take the whole family? Nope. Um, then fuck no. So I'm like screaming. I'm like, tell her no, tell her no. (laughs) But mom hesitates and Jim looks at her and says, you know, she's not a little girl anymore. And knowing what happens later. Yeah. Yes, she is, sir. She's 15 at this moment. Hannah and her mom fight about how, you know, the mom treats her like a child because she is one. And um, Hannah storms off. And then the mom tells crazy Jim not to ever tell her how to raise her daughter. And I'm like, yes, girl. But then crazy Jim loses his job. For no apparent reason, since he seems to be perfectly normal and well-adjusted. Right. I mean. Mm -hmm. So the mom agrees to let her go on the trip because he's probably going to move away. That's not a good enough reason. That is not what I would have done. I would have been like, bye, bitch. (laughs) Oh, you don't have a job. Guess you can't afford that trip to L.A. after all. You need to save all your pennies. Mm -hmm. Um, So they go to L.A. They're on the Walk of Fame. This is so gross. Your face tells me I'm going to vomit. <laughs> okay. Um, she meets Tom Holland and he proposes they get married and the movie's over. Well, she's 15, so no. Well, he waits for her for three years. Duh. <laughs> so Crazy Jim takes her picture, takes her camera, like her phone, and is taking pictures of her. But he's telling her how to pose. No, he's, he's like, not. Okay, arch your back and do this thing and make a kissy face and <laughs> so bad. <sighs> I wrote in my notes right here. Hold on. No, 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 <laughs> no, 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 no. Oh my so God. Hannah takes her phone and she's like, oh, I got to put this on Instagram because Dylan's going to freak out when he sees this. Not Dylan. Yeah. But Jim is real jealous of Dylan, who I'm, I'm going to assume is a 15 year old boy. <laughs> what if because it's lifetime and they're going for shock value, Dylan's actually like a 46 year old dude. <laughs> <laughs> um. So Jim is like, oh, is that your boyfriend? You're 40 years old. They talk about her parents being separated and how hard it's been for her. Um, Jim tells her. Oh, I forgot about this. Okay. Jim tells her she shouldn't have to deal with all that. She should do what feels good. You know it feels good not going on a weird trip with your 40-year-old neighbor. Yeah, for real. He touches her hand and she pulls away. He says, wouldn't it be so funny if you were older or we were the same age? What? W- what's the punchline? <laughs> he tells her he has a crush on her. And she's, like, super freaked out. She's like, what is that supposed to mean? He's a master of close-up magic, and he pulls a can of Crush from her shoulder, and he's like, see? 
no. Fuck. <laughs> he says, oh, like a family, like in a family way, like I care about you. That's not what a crush is. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. No. no. And listen, if any of you out there have been telling your niece that you have a family crush on them, stop right now. <laughs> I'm getting an injunction. <laughs> now I have that Spice Girl song stuck in my head. Which one? Stop right now. Yes. Thank you very much. <laughs> I was just hoping you would sing. I knew which one you meant. Yeah, I know. <laughs> You're welcome. Um. So then she's like on her phone because she's 15 and he takes it away from her because she's not paying attention to him. Also, don't do that, old man. He's like a petulant child. It's terrible. He calls her ungrateful. And then so he's like, let's go. Um, she tells the reporter, cause the reporter's like, well, why didn't you like, did you tell your parents about this? And she said, no, because she did, um, like her parents were all really close with him. Right. And she did not want to upset them by okay. telling them this, which maybe not the route to go, but I also understand back at home. She fights with her mom more and asks like to live with her dad. And, you know, they're like yelling at each other. Um, and the mom is like. Well, Uncle Jim asked us over one last time before he moves, so you better straighten up your attitude because I don't want to, like, you don't embarrass me, basically. Okay. But Uncle Jim's leaving. That's good news, right? No. I tried. Uncle Jim's not leaving. Right then, he texts her and says, I want to see you, but he types the letter C... And the letter U. Did he write T-O or the number two? T-O. Okay. That's one less get the fuck out than I was going to say. But that's right. still two get the fuck out of here's. Yeah. So this is the day. We're at the day of the abduction. Hannah says she had cheer camp that first day. So her mom dropped her off. Um, and Jim picked her up. And she said everything seemed normal. Um, Jim's driving her home and telling her that um, it's important to have something you love in your life. Um, He apologizes for LA, but then he pulls up to the house and her mom's car isn't there, but her purse and her keys are there. Oh, I mean, I usually leave my car elsewhere. Hannah asks where they are. And he says, grab me a beer and we'll talk about it. Mm -mm, Don't do it. But she she um, she grabs him a beer and she gives it to him and he, she's like, where's my mom? And he just like gives her this look and she like instantly is like, I got to get the fuck out of here. So she tries to run. Good. But he, he catches her. No, and no, he doesn't. No, he doesn't. Yeah, he does. She runs. She gets away. Everything's this, okay. This happened in the past. Like you can't change it. I'm trying. Okay. <laughs> She's screaming and he pushes her down on the floor and says to shut up or he'll kill her. He makes her handcuff herself to the chair and says if she stays calm, nobody will get hurt. He tells her, like, don't you want all this freedom from your mom? And she says, please let me go. And instead he gets a revolver with a with one bullet in it and puts it in his mouth like he's going to shoot himself. And man, I wish he had. Do it. In fact, um, why don't you play Russian Roulette six times, sir? He's, like, talking about that Russian Roulette is the luckiest game because you have a five out of six chance of winning. Um, <laughs> I have... 
I have so many questions, concerns, thoughts, debates, and I need a clonopin. Yeah, me too. Um, he pulls the trigger, but nothing happens, unfortunately. Damn. He then points the gun to her head and is going to pull the trigger. And she says, that fine, she'll go with him wherever he wants to go and do whatever he he wants her to do, just not to hurt anybody. He's, she then is like, oh, I feel like I feel sick. And he gives her a pill for her stomach, but it's not for her stomach because she passes the fuck out. Oh, it's about to get real bad. I know. I'm trying to refrain all the things I want to say. So she's passed out on the couch. He goes outside and he shoots his dog. Why the fuck would you do that? Right? What did the dog do to you? Nothing. That dog was innocent. I'm very, that's at the point where I texted you and I said, he better get the death penalty because by this time I had completely forgotten that he was already dead. Right. <laughs> I, I laughed just, at that because I didn't know how the movie was set up. And so you just sent me all caps. I hope he gets the death penalty. And I was like, just you wait, Henry Higgins. I was just enraged. Don't ever kill the dog. What's wrong with you? Yeah, there's no. Or the kids. Or <sighs> really just people like anything. I mean, don't kill anyone, but don't kill the dog. Um, he goes out to the garage. The mom and little brother are tied up and he beats them to death with a golf club. He had the gun in his hand. Like I'm changing the channel. Okay. (laughs) The police pull up to Jim's house later and it's on fire. But the fire did not get far enough to burn the mom's body. Okay. So um, someone calls the dad and he's at, he's at work in Tennessee. And it wasn't the cops that called him because he like gets on the iPad and like looks up the story. Um, and he calls his wife and says, um, hey, Tina, like, I think something horrible may have happened to Jim. Can you call me back? Like when you have a second. So he like legit does not know what happened. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. Cut to a press conference. The FBI slash uh, San Diego police are announcing that they have identified the mother as one of the victims. They have found the brother's body, but they have not yet identified him. So they're putting an Amber alert out for both of the children. Okay. Mm-hmm. FBI Frank is here and he's going to save the day. Thank God. I know. Um, they he, FBI Frank tells the dad that they're almost positive that the second body is Ethan's, but they have to wait for you know confirmation. Right. He then tells them that they found a box of photos. He says eight by ten glossies, which eight by tens that this guy had just pulled off of Hannah's Instagram and like printed out. Ew. Yeah. Right. That's so gross. Also <laughs> Instagram photos are square in 2019 or 2013. I think they had not rolled out that you could do a full frame. So he's putting out, printing out eight by tens of the square photos, which means he's doing a lot of weird cropping. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad that's what I've co- concerned myself with right now. Well, and I think he says other social media, but he mentions Instagram by name. So. And and so that weird MySpace thing, too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Instagram and FaceSpace. <laughs> actually, I'm now choosing to believe that the 8x10s were actually 
printouts of his screenshots and so like you can even see like the cell service bar in the top corner and the like battery percentage (laughs) oh fran charge your phone (laughs) um so fbi frank looks dad in the eye and says i promise i'm going to find your daughter and bring her home which is a lofty promise Uh, yes but he comes through so we love fbi frank okay good Crazy Jim and Hannah stop at a gas station, and she's still asleep. Um, he's checking out. Man, that is one a, heck of a yeah Pepto Bismol I mean, he gave her. <laughs> I mean, nausea it'll it'll get you right. Um, ugh, this part is sad. Oh yeah, because everything to this point has been sunshine and rainbows. <laughs> so he's checking out, and a police car pulls up. They, the guys get, the policemen get food because the guy in the store is like, hey, you guys eat on the house. Like, come and get your food. Like, whatever. And they leave, but they sit down, like, right outside to eat. Crazy Jim looks down and notices his picture is on the cover of the paper. And he's like, oh, shit. Meanwhile, Hannah's in the car. She's woken up, but she's still, like, super groggy. Okay. She manages to get out of the car and she's crawling across the parking lot. Poor baby. Towards these policemen. But they don't see her. But Jim does. Of course he does. So the cash register jam like it's a very tense moment. Like the cash register jams. He's waiting for his change. He sees her. He's trying not to like alert the police that something's going on. It was very tense. But he then um Hannah, like in her haze, like looks up and she sees like you know, legs in front of her and she looks up and it's Jim huh. and she can't hear him clearly. Cause it's all slow motion. He's like, you could get hurt. Like, fuck and you. He, he picks her up and puts her back in the car. And then he handcuffs her to the, um, inside of the car. Oh yeah. Cause he doesn't want the Pepto to, to cause any yeah. more problems. I mean, she's a fall risk. It's That's for all. her safety. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, FBI Frank is watching dad on the news. Dad says, um, to please just let Hannah go. Like the rest, I mean, his other, his other child and his wife is dead, but that's, I mean, he's basically being like, okay, that damage has been done. Please let my daughter go. Right. Which is a tactic. That's the thing that they teach you. Right. Um, FBI Frank kisses his wife goodbye and goes on the hunt for this crazy bastard. Um, there's a vigil where the dad cries, but that's neither here nor there. Um, Hannah asks Crazy Jim about her mom again, and he says that they're totally fine. Everyone's fine. They're in the middle of fucking nowhere. Literally, the place is called River Off of No Return. Okay. Which, if I'm going to go camping, that's not the place I would go. I mean, that's actually, it sounds like my favorite vacation place. <laughs> Um, he parks the car and he pulls out these big hiking backpacks and I guess they're going on a hiking trip now, which, yay, fun. I don't like it. (laughs) No. I don't like it. Mm -mm. Hannah tries to run away, but, um, he shoots the gun, like, near her, like, in her direction, but not at her, if that makes sense. So this is where... The idiot in me says, I would likely die in a situation like this 
Because mm-hmm. I'd be like, look, dude, you've already kidnapped me, so go ahead and shoot me. And I would just, mm-hmm. like, do whatever. Yeah. Um, now, I've never been in a situation like that, so I can't tell you for sure. But the idiot brain in me, I think, would be like, okay, you, you, I mean, what worse can you do? Well, this is really delightful, too, because he catches up to her and he says, if she disobeys or runs off again, he'll have no choice but to shoot her in the head and it will be all her fault. Oh, Mm -hmm. fuck you. So she's like, okay. And she goes with him. And not only did this asshole kidnap her and take her to the woods, he makes her carry all of the hiking gear. Well, she's got to regain her strength from that Pepto-Bismol somehow. Shit bag. Oh my God. She's carrying, like she said, oh, he had two 50 pound packets, packs of gear. And I was like, the fuck? Right then I'd be like, okay, shoot me. I'm not carrying that. <laughs> um, she slips and falls because she's carrying a hundred pounds of camping gear. Right. Well, this douche lord like walks around with nothing. Douche lord. I love that. She's hurt, and she says that she needs a doctor, but he's like, nah, you'll be fine. We got to keep going. And at least he, like, picks up the stuff and carries it now, so. Oh. You know. Gee, what a gentleman. That's exactly what I had in my notes. <laughs> Later, they're camping, and he pees on the fire to put it out. And I can't imagine why this guy could not find a woman his own age to marry him. I mean, I would do it. What a catch. <laughs> she actually gets the gun and points it at him and she's like the jig is up like take me home but she's also 16 so he calls her bluff and he's like shoot me shoot me do it he's like here's my wallet here's the keys like shoot me oh baby i wish you would have just done it i know Sweet but she, she chickens out and so he takes the gun and then he punches her in the stomach like a real fucking asshole oh, and well, man I really hope punching a 16 year old girl in the stomach made you feel like a big strong man well that's the second half of the family crush you're fucking gross <laughs> so dad is on the hunt he has not slept um, he tells them that F- he tells like the people helping him that FBI Frank promised to bring Hannah home so he has to help him like find her like any way that he can okay um he cries because he and tina were split up when this happened and you know he thinks like he could have stopped it if you know he had been there um he has survivor's guilt basically um hannah and crazy jim meet some people on horseback you can always trust somebody on horseback. Listen, this is the point in the movie where, because I didn't think I had heard this story. It's when these four people on horses come up. I'm like, I remember this. Yeah. <laughs> That's actually what did it for me, too. Uh-huh. Um, so she tries to get to them before uh, Jim can catch her, but she can barely walk because her leg is like all jacked up from when she fell. Right. Um, so he like grabs her by the arm and he says, I will kill you and I will kill all these people. And I'm looking at these people and that, that's an empty as fuck threat because I can guarantee you that every single one of these gu- these people are carrying guns. Right. <laughs> um, they say, um, the, the horse people say that, you know, Jim and Hannah look kind of oddly dressed for campers and 
that they're at the wrong places. They're looking for the lake and they point them in the right direction. They all exchange pleasantries. Um, and the horse people leave, but you can tell they're a little bit suspicious. Okay. They're just like, mm, you know, this doesn't look right. Um, because one of the guys is like, looks like your daughter's headed to a slumber party. She's not dressed for the woods. Right. Um, later that night, Crazy Jim like flips the fuck out again. He's like, you were trying to signal them. Like, yeah, she was, you dumb fucker. He was literally holding her by the arm. Like, what the fuck did he think she was doing? <laughs> um, he gets out the gun and points it at Hannah and asks her why she's trying to ruin everything. I just want us to be happy. This yeah. is supposed to be a happy family crush. Um, and she's like, dude, I'm scared. And, like, he gets, he's like, oh, he puts the gun away. He's like, oh, Hannah, no, don't be scared. Everything's going to be fine. But he's got the crazy eyes for days. No, uh-uh. <laughs> I don't like that. He's like, I'm not a monster. I'm not a monster. And I'm like, oh, girl, run away. Can't like, they just so shoot bad. him already? Um, FBI Frank is working the case, though. He is on the job. And it uh, turns out that 18 years ago, this very week, Crazy Jim's dad broke into the home of a 17-year-old girl, threatened to kill her entire family, but then instead went to the desert and killed himself. Like you do. Well, it's it's a better alternative than killing an entire family. Right. Back at the camp, the horse people are back. Good. And they are suspicious as fuck. Um, they want to know exactly what's going on. They say that perhaps... Hannah and Crazy Jim should think about heading back, like, to civilization because Hannah is just not looking well. Okay. Jim goes for his gun because one of the horse guys says that he used to be the sheriff. And he starts asking them all these questions about why is Hannah in her pajamas? Why aren't they wearing the correct, like, camping, like, uh, boots for camping? Why is this all so weird? Like, this is all very suspicious. Um, but H Hannah seeing the gun and thinking that he's going to kill all these people, which he would not have. But right. You know. But she's 16 and a victim like and a captive. Yeah. So she swoops in and she's like, the whole trip was my idea. We didn't prepare right. Last year we went to L.A. That was a disaster, too. Like, we just shouldn't go on trips anymore. She's like, LOL, you know, <laughs> um, oh, poor thing. And she says, we'll probably head to the ranger station in a couple of hours, but I really would like, and she kind of like widens her eyes a little. She's like, I would like to stay out here a little bit longer because it's so peaceful. <laughs> 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 and so like, I guess somebody picks up on that vibe and they're like, okay, um, um, we're going to, we're going to leave you now. So the horse people leave, but the red flags are a waving. Good. <laughs> because the horse people assumedly get themselves to the nearest telephone and call the FBI. Good. Um, yay for the horse people. Always yay for the horse people. They, um, that the cops swoop in, they find crazy Jim's car. So they know that they're close to them. Um, da, 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 da. Oh, the next morning, crazy Jim is asking Hannah how she is. And she goes off and she's like, is this what you wanted? Like, is this what you planned? Like, I'm very tired. I'm very hungry. And I'm very unhappy. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like any marriage. 
<laughs> it sounds like any trip with any teenager as well. Also so. accurate. <laughs> the next morning. Oh, no, sorry. That was at night. So the next morning they wake up and they hear helicopters. So they climb out of the tent, and this is the worst special effect I've seen in years. Oh, I cannot There's, wait. Like, this little, like, cartoon helicopter. <laughs> 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 but I'm going to give it a pass because the FBI people are in the helicopter. They found Hannah and Jim. Um, Crazy Jim is like, hey, let's build a fire because then we'll just look like normal campers. Um, but Hannah is like, fuck that. And so when he turns around, she takes off like her sweatshirt from around her waist and starts like waving it in the air. She's like, get me the fuck Good out girl. of here. <laughs> um, so, so, you know, right then, boom, here's FBI Frank. He's here. This is happening. We're going to rescue this girl. Um, we get the opening scene again, but we get a little bit of extra content. Um, someone flashes a mirror at Hannah, which tips her off that they're there. Okay. Um, so crazy Jim is crazying like all over the place (laughs) and she stops him and she's like, she's like, uncle Jim, like they're, they will kill you. Right. She's like, wouldn't it be better to just turn yourself in? And he looks down and he says, no, it's not better. He's like, go get in the tent. And so she does. Okay. And that's when he starts shooting into the woods. Ah, gotcha. It was for 100% suicide by cop. So they shoot him and he dies. And she, she, you know, she's very upset because I imagine even if you hate the guy, seeing someone shot and killed in front of you has to be extremely traumatic. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, so FBI Frank swoops in. He wraps Hannah up in a blanket like a goddamn American hero and takes her home. Snaps um, for Frank. Yeah. And this is, there's some comic relief right here that I just loved. Dad is about to run some more papers to the uh, FBI office and a gigantic group of FBI bros like come into the room and they're all like whooping and screaming and they're all like congratulating themselves. Um, so funny. They look like frat boys during Greek week. It I love hysterical. it. <laughs> okay. So they're wrapping up the Today Show interview and the um, reporter is like, by the way, the horse people are here to meet you. Like, do you want to meet them? And oh. she says, yes, of Did course. Did they bring their horses too? No, but they bring her a cowboy hat. And it's so sweet. I just can't. I was, it was so cute. That's adorable. Um, So dad and Hannah go back home. They hug. Like, I guess they're going to be okay. Um, Hannah goes back to school. She sends uh FBI Frank, a thank you note for saving her Aww. like a lady. <laughs> Very classy. Um, so then she gets on MySpace slash Reddit slash Facebook slash Tumblr, like whatever the, the kids are doing. Mm-hmm, the face space. Um, the face space dot com. Yeah. <laughs> um, and she's reading comments about herself and it's a mixed bag. Some are nice. Some are not that nice. It's the internet. Like that's right. Um, and we close with, Oh, so they put like all these like comments, like one over the other and they slowly start to fill up the screen. And then the last one is like, she's been through a nightmare and that is what they end on. But then we close with, um, Quote, the FBI, San Diego County Sheriff's Department, and United States Marshals Service 
investigated aspects of the Anderson murders and subsequent kidnapping after countless hours analyzing testimony, witness accounts, and physical and electronic evidence, all three agencies concluded that Hannah Anderson was telling the truth about having no role in the murders of her mother and brother. Good. Hannah lives with her father in Lakeside, California, and hopes to pursue a career as a firefighter. Oh, good for her. I thought that was so cute. And I cannot imagine, after all that, having to go through all this rigmarole about whether or not she was involved. Right. That's really sad. But, I mean, they have to... You have to rule out... Also, I think they spell Marshall Service wrong. Marshall only has one L. Well, it only has one L, but my spell check says that's wrong. It's not. Fuck you, Google. Okay. And I know that because I used to work in Marshall, like the city in Texas, and we had a city marshal on campus regularly, and the kids Uh would be like, why'd they misspell Marshall on your uniform? And I'd be like, please go to English class just once. Stop <laughs> skipping. It's it it just it's weird. I because I thought it was one L, but then when I typed it out, it yeah. IDK. Anyways, uh, tell me about this horrible, horrible story. I yeah. can't wait. All right. So my sources. I have a lot of sources this week because I just kept reading and kept reading. I mean, you've met and I'm me. sorry. I was going to keep it. Short, but then this movie was crazy. You kept it relatively short. You only had like 45 minutes of content. Yeah, ish. Yeah. Um, I had less than four pages of notes, but. Yeah. See, I have five. So we mm-hmm. average each other out. Um, so my sources are the Wikipedia article, The Kidnapping of Hannah Anderson. Mm-hmm. And then several articles that ran in the LA Times. Mm -hmm. Uh, One was called Claim Filed Against FBI and Death of Alleged Kidnapper in San Diego County. Was that by his horrible sister? I will talk about it. Okay. Sister of Alleged Hannah Anderson Kidnapper Says Teen Was Trouble. Hannah Anderson Details Terror-Filled Kidnapped Ordeal Says Captor Had Weird Crush. Lakeside teen angry over movie movie about what Lifetime says really happened with her kidnapper. Excellent. And Hannah Anderson case <clears throat> FBI agents cleared an accused kidnapper's death. So, um, and all of those ran in the LA Times, and they're all fairly short, so I pieced them together to get this. Okay. Um, for this week, I only casted uh, James DiMaggio and Hannah Anderson. Okay. Because they're really the only two players that I looked into. Um, yeah. And James DiMaggio, I would actually have played by Mike Rowe, you know, the guy from Dirty Jobs. Yeah. And Hannah Anderson. Did you ever watch Jumanji? No. my it, That was my sister's kind of generation. Okay. Um, but I can look it so up. So the actress I'm talking about is Laura Bell Bundy. Oh, I've seen How I Met Your Mother. I've seen okay. She um, was legally that show blonde about Alabama. Yeah, and legally blonde. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I she was Elle Woods. Um, she actually looks very much like like her younger self, her sixteen mm-hmm. year old self, looks a lot like Hannah Anderson. So interesting. That is my cast. I love Laura Bell Bundy. She's so funny. I forget that she's done real things because I live in a world of Broadway, and I'm like, she's Elle Woods on Broadway, duh. Yeah. <laughs> um. All right, so on August 2nd, 2013, 
Mm-hmm. James DiMaggio invited Christina Anderson and her children to his home in Boulevard, California. And first of all, who names a whole city Boulevard? Isn't that a type of road? Well, why did they call them apartments when they're all attached? I I don't know what just happened. Like someone went galumping down my hallway. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Um Oh, see, I totally skipped my first line after I cast. So, back to the beginning. James DiMaggio was born on January 17th, 1973, and he was a telecommunications technician in San Diego, and I'm not quite sure what that job entails. Uh, I would assume he probably worked for, like, the cable company. I was like, because it could even mean, like, he repairs cell phones, for all I know. Uh, maybe... Probably more likely he worked for the cable, for the cable company, company or yeah. like the phone company, like installing like phone lines and cable. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, so on August 2nd, he invites Christina Anderson and her children to his home in Boulevard. Don't go. He, he was going to be moving to Texas soon. So he had invited the wife and children of his best friend over for a small going away party. He like dinner he was having for himself. Um, uh, hold on. The best friend is on a work assignment in Tennessee for three months. That's fine. I'm, that's not what I take issue with. Okay. Don't throw a going away party for yourself. That's so extra. (laughs) Also, if you don't have any friends, he'll do it for you. Nobody likes you, dude. Yeah. Just move to Texas and be done. Um. Although don't move to Texas because I live here. Right. We don't want you. Move to Wisconsin. It'll be fine. Um, also i was looking at the, our stats this week and we do have a few listeners in wisconsin shout out to wisconsin i'm glad you all know how to read and find our podcast <laughs> tell your friends how to read tell your friends teach your friends how to read <laughs> tell your friends how to read aren't you a teacher not today <laughs> um, okay so because the Anderson family lived about 45 minutes away from where he lived, mm-hmm. they brought like overnight bags and their family dog to stay overnight. Oh, is that why he killed the dog? Yeah. It's, he killed the dog in real life. Yes. And it was their dog and not his. Mm-hmm. Um, That's the worst. On August 4th, firefighters received a call that a fire had started at DiMaggio's house. When the firefighters arrived, they found the bodies of Christina Anderson, Mm -hmm. a small child, and a dog. So at the time, as you mentioned in your notes, they could not confirm whether or not the small child was Ethan, um, the younger brother. He must have, like, because in the movie, he kills them in the same place, but they find the mom's body, like, in one part of the house, and they find Ethan's body in another part of the house that it actually caught on fire and like burned up. And that's why they couldn't identify him. It's interesting that he killed them like in one room of the house and then separated them. I don't get that. He did not in the real case. Okay. Um, So also on August 4th, 2013, the police received a call that the grandchildren of Sarah Britt were missing. And, um, So this was actually the first time in California that phones received an Amber Alert, like two smartphones. Yes, they show that. They show like people's phones going off and the Amber Alert on it. And they also show TransGuide, which I didn't, I don't know. I know Texas does TransGuide. I don't know that every state does it, but I'm sure California has their own. Right. Yeah. Um, 
And I just thought that was interesting because that made me think about the first time Amber Alerts started going off, like while I was teaching. Because initially, I don't think you could turn the sound off on the Amber Alerts. And so all of a sudden, I have like 40 cell phones going off in my classroom. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, everyone, put away your phone. And then you realize that they can't. I actually turned mine off altogether. I just, I just like, what? I didn't know you could do that. Mm-hmm. You can. Duly noted. Um, so this Amber Alert uh, reported the statewide search for Ethan Anderson, age eight, and Hannah Anderson, age 16. Eight years old. Mm-hmm. Sweet baby. And Ugh. then an autopsy report would later reveal, or an autopsy would later reveal that the child's body they found in the fire was, in fact, Ethan Anderson. And mm-hmm. the dog was their family dog, Callie. Um, so sad. Yep. Don't kill the dog. So, quickly, quickly. That's not a word. <laughs> not today. It's not. Quickly, <laughs> quickly piecing together um, the events that had happened. Authorities began an international manhunt that stretched literally from British Columbia, Canada to Baja California, Mexico. Interesting. Authorities were searching for the blue Nissan Versa of James DiMaggio, who was... That's interesting, too. He actually drove a Nissan Versa, like, in the movie, which I is very specific, like, for a Lifetime movie. Yeah, that's really funny. But it was an acquisition, but, like, still. That's also my car. Well... (laughs) A blue Nissan Versa. I I mean, I always thought you had that little killer vibe about you. (laughs) Yeah, that's it. Um... So he was suspected of abducting the 16-year-old honor student. I guess I thought it was important to write that she was an honor student. And it I remember now making this conscious decision while I was writing my notes because I was like, every time a girl is reported on, it's always like how pretty she is or that she's a cheerleader. And I was, I was like, look, she's an honor student. We're going to report that she's smart. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I assume she is. And I also assume she's super brave for a... Uh surviving this and be like wanting to be a firefighter that's right um so the last time hannah had been seen was at cheerleading practice on august 3rd Mm -hmm. so she's reported missing a day after that um on august 8th horseback riders in cascade idaho reported seeing two people matching the description of dimaggio and anderson They'd been on a trail ride the day before and noticed a man and a girl in the woods. The writers later saw a news report about the abduction, and that's when they called the police with their observations. Yay, horse people. You are the winners. Yes. I, growing up horse a horse people, person. Horse people and FBI Frank. Absolutely. And let's talk real quick about how every case to this point, I think I've had something to bitch about the police on. And this one, I'm like, they did their jobs. They were on top of shit. Um, so on the same day that the sightings were reported, police discovered DiMaggio's car near the Frank Church River of No Return Wilderness. That's a real thing. Why would you name a place that? You know, just because. Okay. Steven was already taken. So what else can you name it? Anyway, so uh, the this was a protected wilderness area in Idaho. 
they um where they found the car and they also discovered the car's license plate had been removed and that he'd hidden the car underneath like brush from trees and stuff so um clearly this isn't just a camping trip no i mean i've only been camping a few times but i've never hidden my car maybe that's like for advanced campers (laughs) (laughs) maybe so i i'm i'm not an advanced camper i don't know (laughs) two days later the police located the campsite where james dimaggio was hiding with hannah anderson Mm mm-hmm Working with the FBI, they closed in on the campsite, and DiMaggio fired two rifle shots at the FBI agents, who were within about 100 yards of him. Mm-hmm. Two agents returned fire, and James DiMaggio died as a result. The autopsy indicated that DiMaggio had been shot six times in the head, the chest, and the arms. That's a lot of times. I time. should probably feel bad, but I don't. Right? Um. So the footage of this event, like the footage of the shootout was captured on um, infrared video. Really? Yeah. Was it at night? Yes, I think. I believe so. I think it was in the early hours of the morning. morning. Okay. This one was like when it was light outside in the movie. Well, because, you know, you can't really do like in the dark. Um, Because so they reported seeing the girl on the 8th. And then she wasn't rescued until the 10th. So I think really she was rescued at like just past midnight on the 10th. Okay. Um, so I don't think two days passed. Oh, that's interesting. In the movie, she's gone for a whole week. Yeah. they Well, they found her a week after she was reported missing. Okay. Yeah. But like okay. when the horse people called. Oh. Was, was like on the 8th. Okay. And then the date okay. of rescue was the 10th. Okay. That makes sense. Okay. Um. So anyway, so they captured this all on infrared, and it showed, according to this article, the quote was, an overview of the individuals involved and the heat from the shots that were fired. And so this footage was later... Sounds like a paper I want to read. Right? Um, This footage was later used to clear the agents from the potential charges they faced as a result of killing DiMaggio, and I'll talk about that in a little bit. Okay. But So that's why it was important that they had this footage, and it makes Mm -hmm. me wonder how often there is this kind of footage, and why there's not more. (laughs) I I have several questions now raised because of that. So Hannah, luckily, had no visible injuries, and was taken to a hospital for crisis counseling. Thank God. Thank God. Uh-huh. After why, afterwards, she was asked if she was glad that James DiMaggio was dead. And her quote was, absolutely yes. Um, I'm on board. So that's the, like, quick overview. And mm-hmm. then I have... I know you said you had a load of notes, and I was like, we're blowing through this pretty quick. <laughs> yeah. Well, because it's like there, there weren't a whole lot of fine details of the actual event. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But there was so much crazy shit surrounding this. Mm-hmm. I just remember, like, it didn't click for me until the people rode up on horses. I don't know what podcast I listened to or what about this case where they talked about the people on the horses, but I remember it. And that's when it all clicked. And I was like, oh, yeah, I remember this guy. Like, he's crazy. Yep. Yeah. Um. So not only was James DiMaggio Britt Anderson's best friend. But he was also close to his children, and he really did, like, act as an uncle to them. He helped the the parents out with, like, different things, and he would drive Hannah to gymnastics and things like that for them. 
And so during one particular trip that he took her and a friend to a um, gymnastics meet, he told Hannah that if they'd been the same age, he would have loved to date her. No. Here's the deal. Grown men should not say that to young girls. Or really, like anybody. And then also, like, any grown adult should not say that to any young person. Like, that is a child. Correct. And, like, it's one thing to tell a child that they're beautiful, for instance. It's another thing, and then I I even wrote my notes, like, even that's a little iffy, depending on the circumstance. Mm -hmm. But it's entirely different to say that you want to date them. Just don't fucking do that. Yeah, that's gross. It makes everybody uncomfortable. It makes the person you're talking to uncomfortable. It makes me uncomfortable. I'm pretty sure it makes you uncomfortable. Oh, 100%. (laughs) Here's the thing. If you are somebody's uncle, don't be the creepy uncle. Like, be the cool one. Be the funkle, not not the creepy uncle. (laughs) Kunkle? I can't say <laughs> no, I kind of hate that, but ugh, it's so gross. He took so so much advantage of her parents, like trusted him. It's just disgusting. Yeah, absolutely. And so once he took Hannah on a trip to Los Angeles, that was a real thing. Okay, and um. He complained that she wasn't paying enough attention to her. Pay attention to me. Look at me. Why are you texting? You're 40 years old. Yeah. And then they interviewed her friends after this situation. And they all agreed that she hated being alone with him. And that she was creeped out by his comments. And like, no fucking joke. I'm creeped out by his comments. (laughs) I can't imagine why she would be super creeped out by this gross, gross, gross man who prompted me to write in my notes the word no eight times (laughs) in a row. In a row. So I did that more than once. I just didn't point it all out each time. Hannah and DiMaggio had exchanged several letters before the kidnapping. And she said that the letters were like that he provided an outlet to talk to her. Her parents had just gone through a divorce Mm -hmm. and he was offering her advice on like um, dealing with her mom because she was fighting with her mom all the time. And that's just called being a 16 year old. Oh, 100%. Yeah. But so he just he was she thought he was the supportive uncle who got her. No. And he abused that situation. Right. He's taking her grief over her parents' divorce and contorting it into her have her like being in love with him or something, which is disgusting. Yep. So this <clears throat> support system that he'd built so nicely with her fell apart whenever he uh, told her that he was upset that she was spending time with a boy. <gasps> was it Dylan? I, there was no name given, but I bet it was Dylan. I'm sure he was underage. Fucking Dylan. Fucking Dylan, you ruined everything. But it, did he think that her 16-year-old <laughs> self was just never going to date anybody? Yeah, apparently. Um, he told her during that conversation that he had a, quote, weird crush on her. And that well, he, at least he recognized the fact that it was weird. Well, I don't know if he said weird or if she said weird. So oh, it was okay. just, it was in quotes Never that mind. it was a weird crush. Okay. <laughs> um, 
that he and he said he didn't want her spending time with boys and he even said like i don't want you bringing boys to my house so it sounds like she spent time at his house and i I don't mean good don't let her bring boys to your house all the more reason for her to spend time at her own house away from you right and then this is the quote that she gave in an interview He said, it's not that I don't want your friends up here. It's that I don't want to see you kissing your friends or anything like that because I have a crush on you. Not a crush that like feeling as a crush as like family, like I care about you. Uh, Okay. And I just like, I took that down verbatim from the interview. That's what he's trying to say. Is that what he wants her to hear is that he cares about her like an uncle, but what he wants to tell her, like in the uh, underlying in the meta messages, yes, is that he is in love with her. Yeah, no, it's all creepy. It's all gross. So she and her brother called him Uncle Jim. And that's why I can't even begin to unpack what the fuck that means. Like, it's so fucked up. It's so manipulative. It's he preyed on her innocence and on his position as her uncle and as her dad's best friend. And don't fucking tell anyone you have a family crush on them. That's the thing. Like, can you. I can't imagine. I mean, we'll trade. We'll change the rules. I have a 14. Oh, man. I have a 14 year old child who's about to be 15. Yikes. Um, If my best friend was like in love with him that's so gross I don't know where I was going with that it's just so gross (laughs) well like I can't imagine a world in which somebody is like okay with the idea like oh I'm in love with my best friend's child right well and like what a betrayal of trust I cannot imagine what it's like to have a best friend who is secretly skeezing on my child. Exactly. And if somebody I knew kidnapped my child, he better hope he gets shot by the police. Oh, absolutely. Because if I get my hands on them, it's going to end way different. (laughs) They will be in literal bits and pieces. Yeah. I didn't understand until I became like a mom that you could like this they talk about like the strength of a mom like you can lift like 10 cars off kids or whatever but that's a real thing yeah like definitely like things will happen and i can feel like a feeling come over me and be like if that person was in front of me right now i would kill them absolutely mm-hmm. um so after that conversation he started sending her angry texts that called her rude and he accused of acute <sighs> he accused her of trying to keep him out of her life. You just don't want me around anymore. You're right. Mm-hmm. That's correct. <laughs> What's your question? <laughs> Thank you, next. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, on an interview at the Today Show, Hannah opened up about the things that she went through after being taken from her gymnastics practice. Okay. And this is where it gets really rough for me and where I want to try hard not to cry because I internalized it while I was reading it. You can do it. I can do Get it. Get through it. You can do it. Um, she said that DiMaggio put her in handcuffs 
and zip tied her feet and told her that he was taking her to Idaho where he'd planned to live with her. She went on to say that he made her play Russian roulette with him sitting on the couch. And she said, when it was my turn, I started crying like I was freaking out. And he Mm -hmm. said, do you want to play? And I said, no. And I started crying and he's like, okay. And stopped. That is some psychological torture. Absolutely. Oh my God. That would fuck me up. And I'm almost 36. Hannah said, just kidding. I'm almost 26. 26. Duh. Yeah. 26. Um, You were rounding up. Yeah. A hundred percent. Hannah said that she was drugged on what she was pretty sure was Ambien. And Mm -hmm. so not Pepto-Bismol. I'm really shocked. I really thought that was it. I mean, right. (laughs) Um, DiMaggio told. I mean, when I take Pepto, I just pass out. Right. Every time. For days. For days. Yeah. Um, so she. I'll call my boss and be like, I'm about to take Pepto. I see you guys on Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> she asked about her family, and DiMaggio told her that he had rigged a fire at his house, but that he'd left her mother and her brother in the garage, and he'd left signs for the firefighters so that they'd be able to get there and rescue them before the fire spread. That was a blatant fucking lie. Why not just. Let him go. Leave them alive and let them go and not burn the house. Like, I can't imagine that he left a bunch of physical evidence there because everybody knew that they would be there. Right. So, um. It's not like they're going to walk in and be like, oh, it was him. Like, everybody knew that he was there. He bludgeoned them to death. I mean, he beat them to death. And she was actually there. She recalled hearing her brother's screams. She just like drugged out or she, it said uh, from the, I didn't watch the interview. I just read recaps of it, mm-hmm. but um, she said she could remember hearing the muffled screams of her younger brother while she was still in DiMaggio's house. She said, I heard him trying to yell upstairs, but he was gagged. So I couldn't do anything to help him. She said, I was yelling his name, but I couldn't do anything. That's terrible. And actually, at that point, if I had been kidnapped, that's the point where I'd be like, just kill me. Yeah. Yeah. And then... Because you have to have enough foresight to see in the future that this is not going to end well. Yeah. She in, or she in the interview said, I miss them so much, and sometimes it's like I wait for them to get home, and then they're not there. Oh, sweet girl. <sighs> that's horrible. And so... DiMaggio had been close to their family for some time. He, in fact, lived with Brett Anderson's mother in 2011. And he listed her as his sole beneficiary on his life insurance. And with the agreement from her that she was going to make sure that Hannah and Ethan got the payout if anything happened to him. Um, So now I want to know, did Hannah... Did Hannah get the payout? She deserves it, but did she did she get it? I, I, I don't know this answer. It's interesting. Um, That's what I want to know. If it's, <laughs> if it's suicide by police, do you, does the insurance pay out? I'm not sure, but if it's suicide by police and the beneficiary was the one that was kidnapped by the person, like, there's so many like 
right. twist and turn. So much red tape in this. I want to know. That's my insurance brain talking. I want to know what happened. On right. If, uh, and if you are a, an insurance agent and you know, email us. Please do. Lifetime sentence podcast at gmail.com. Please. I really, I'm not kidding. I really want to know. <laughs> uh, so he had a $112,000 policy on himself. Well, he thought a lot about himself. <laughs> right? Now, to be fair, it's San Diego, so that's like a pair of shoes and a Big Mac. Well, so, I mean, I have more life insurance on myself than that, so um, it's fine. But so, <laughs> they, so the payout was supposed to go to the kids. He didn't trust Brett and Christina to actually give the money to the kids, and so that's why he made the grandmother the beneficiary until the kids turned 18. Hey, wow, I've been through something similar like that recently. Although I'm not a crazy killer and I'm not going to kidnap anyone and murder them. Please so. don't, because I cannot cast a new uh, co-host. Listen, I don't have the energy <laughs> or the desire to go camping ever. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that settles it. Okay. So unless I can murder someone. From an app? In, no, if, unless I can do it like... <laughs> At the Hilton. <laughs> it's the Four Seasons. <laughs> I mean, if I want to be real fancy, like the plaza. <laughs> there you go. Um, it's just not going to happen. If I can't do it and then order, you know, room service right afterwards, I don't want any part of it. So um, that actually, like, that details what actually caused his family, who are real fucking winners. We're going to talk about them in a minute. <sighs> um to question like they called for a paternity test of Hannah and Ethan to see if he was actually the father. That face is the face that her dad made too. <sighs> so what? Uh-huh. Um, he what? Yeah. So so the sister was like, well, if he's going to give the kids that much money, then he's probably their dad. Look, bitch, you don't need $112,000. Go home and be sad. Like, <laughs> oh, these people. So Brett Anderson called that insinuation disgusting. And then um, a spokesperson. True. I second that. True. A <laughs> spokesperson for the family stated that DiMaggio had not even met Christina until she was six months pregnant with Hannah. And at that point, the DiMaggio family withdrew their petition for paternity testing, which leads me into talking about this awful piece of shit family. Oh, it's retroactive paternity. You haven't ever heard of that? Yeah. 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 It's like where you think real hard about the woman that's pregnant in front of you. And sometimes you can become the father that way. Uh, that's how the force works. You're just telling me Star Wars. <laughs> totally. Now. That's how the force works. So first of all, James DiMaggio's father died 18 years to the day before James. De- I can't. I, I really knowing what I know just from the movie. I don't feel bad about that. Either. No. Daddy DiMaggio was accused of attempting to kidnap the 16-year-old daughter of his ex-girlfriend in 1988. What is this, a family thing? Yeah, duh. Kidnapping runs in your family. Listen. Although True Crime Garage did a a two-parter a couple weeks ago about the serial killer gene. It was really interesting. Okay, but if your family has, like, fun hobbies to do together, keep doing those. But if your fun hobby is child abduction or serial Mm -hmm. killing, let's find a new one. 
Yeah. Like the library is always offering new classes. Try fishing. Cooking. Jumping off a cliff and not bothering the rest of the world with you. I mean, try camping if that's your thing. <laughs> um, Don't kidnap and murder people. Yeah, that's that's not a hobby. It's not a hobby, no. <laughs> um, so he committed suicide in 1995, but nobody mm-hmm. knows if those two incidents were linked. Um. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to go on a limb here and say I'm not a psychologist, but they're linked. Probably. Um, so was he like arrested for this or like did it just happen and it just. He has some kind of criminal record from it, but I don't know how far the charges extended. Okay. Um, Interesting. Now, so the next. Interesting, because if someone tried to abduct my child, I would not stop until they were either A dead or be in prison for the rest of their life absolutely the next real winner in this whole family is laura robinson who is the sister of james dimaggio and laura is spelled l-o-r-a just like it sounds mm-hmm. which makes it really hard because as a good southerner i say laura mara for mm-hmm. the name that exists laura I- is really hard I knew a girl in high school whose name was L-A-R-A, and so it was Laura. Lara? No, it was Laura. <laughs> I would say Lara, because yeah. I'm well, an asshole. Everyone, people did, but she was a nice girl, but you know, right. everybody mispronounced her name because nobody had ever seen L-A-R-A. It was so right. hip and cool. Right. And I mean, now it's just run of the mill. you got to name your kid something like Keychain. Yeah. <laughs> 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 In order God. to get that good attention. I have shared that Twitter piece, the, that Twitter article that you sent me with everyone I know. Oh, um, that was amazing. My friend, um, uh, John Luke. Okay. I called him Luke in high school and then he like switched back to his first name, which is John when I like post high school. So he sent that to me. Well, <laughs> shout out to John Luke. Uh, for anyone who's interested, I'll add this in the show notes on our blog. But it is a woman who, in the middle of the night, tweeted all the names from her son's middle school yearbook. It was amazing. Amazing. Uh, I loved it. So Laura appeared on an episode of Piers Morgan Live. Oh. God, uh, I'm already mad. Okay. Right. And so on this episode, she talked about her brother's death and his involvement with the Anderson family. And she claimed that Hannah had stayed at her house three weeks before her disappearance and that she recalled very vividly warning DiMaggio that that girl was trouble. Uh, no, that girl is 16. She's not flirting with your 40 year old brother because that's weird. And even if she is, she's 16 and your brother is 40. He's a, he's a, a man. He's he an adult. Troll himself. Um, a grown ass man. Her, no, not to fall in love with a 16 year old girl because she's being quote flirty with him. Ugh, I hate it. Okay. Her um, direct quote was, I said, you need to watch out for that one. She's trouble. And then <laughs> I said, then like every classy motherfucker on TV, she said, I mean, I don't want to bash anyone. It's certainly not my intent. Uh, fuck you, lady. Just <sighs> fuck you. I can't even. Um, she went on to say that 
Anderson wasn't exactly a victim in this situation. Um, <laughs> that's not true. Um, well, that's exactly what she is. Haven't haven't you ever heard of you know that fun game where you kill your family and then kidnap yourself? Oh yeah, that is a cool game. I yeah no, that's that's not a thing, bitch. Not a thing. Um, I know there's a lot of games going on around the internet, but that was not one of them. <laughs> she's, Although, have you seen the one where pe- the the, the goal is for the no, oh no? That, and plus, that's a hoax anyway. Oh no, but, um, the one where the the goal is for the kid to disappear for 48 hours without being found. That's not a game either. Dude, if my kid ever did that, God help him when I find him. I will I personally would... drive down there and kick his ass. <laughs> it, no. It, like, that's the thing. Like They're supposed to disappear for 48 hours without anybody knowing where they are. Guys, that's not a game. That's horrifying. Also, where the hell are you going to go? That's how you do get kidnapped. Right? Nuts. Also, if you're 15 and listening to this podcast, like... Where's your adult? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Anyways... I didn't even let my own kid listen to this. Right? So, she said... pretty progressive. I let him listen to it, and that's why we drink. (laughs) She said... That there was a lack of information from law enforcement officials and that there was, quote, a lot of holes in the case. She Bullet shaped holes in her brother's body? She, well, she claimed that there was no evidence. But then I'm like, there were two fucking dead bodies in his house that had been bludgeoned to death. Besides the dog. I mean, let's add in the dog. Three. And he was found in Idaho when he was from California with a 16-year-old girl. In the middle that of was nowhere. related to the two dead people. That's this not, is nothing but evidence. <laughs> that's not evidence. Um, further, what does she want? Like, what does she consider evidence? I need, I need more information. Um, she needs Scooby Doo to actually come and say "rut row," oh. and then for <laughs> you to pull the mask off the FBI agent, and it's the brother the whole time. Oh, or or. Maybe he filmed himself committing all these crimes and then she can watch it and be like, oh, okay. She she wanted his house to be littered with bags that say Exhibit A, Exhibit B. <laughs> and then, then each one is just a photograph of him doing the thing. Um, she also I get wanting to think that your family member is innocent, but come on. She also said that there's no way that her brother could have done it because he was like a father figure to the Anderson kids, and he thought of Hannah as a daughter, so he would have never endangered her. Oh, hi. Fathers kill their kids all the time. Yep. Um. So then Pierce Morgan asked if Laura might be in denial, and she said might she, be? she wasn't in denial. And that proves it. Denial's just a river in Egypt, Pierce. She says, I'm not in denial. There's just no evidence in this case. And then he said, what other evidence do you have? Do you believe it? And she said, do you believe that everything a 16-year-old tells you? And he said, so do you think she's lying? And she said, I'm not going to speak to that. I'm sorry. What's the end game here? That Hannah... Lured her family to Uncle Jim's house, attacked them, tied them up, bludgeoned them to death, 
convince Uncle Jim to run away to Idaho with her. Set his house on fire as they left. Set his house on fire. I mean, these are all things that 16-year-old girls do every day. Every day. You, Although 16-year-old girls are vicious. <laughs> <laughs> you tweet about the Kylie Jenner issues. I, yeah, well, you gotta get on the Khloe Kardashian thing, too, so she had to take a quick break for that. Right, <laughs> and then you kill your mom. Yeah, that's totally. I mean, that's I have Siri tell me to do those things in that order. You bludgeon your own eight-year-old brother to death. I can't imagine that's a thing that would ever happen. God. Um... So like yeah, yeah. The question you asked is what I wrote in my notes. Like, what is she implying, and what is her end game? What does she think is the the answer here? That like some third party killed them, and then was like, okay, now you two have to run away together and go camping in Idaho. They're a small foreign faction. <laughs> she then. Wait, we have too many inside jokes. Remember, <laughs> that's not an inside joke. That's what fucking um. Patsy Ramsey wrote on that letter. Oh, yeah. Allegedly. Allegedly. The, so, for those of you who don't know, quick side note, when JonBenet Ramsey was found dead, they also found a ransom note, I'm putting air quotes on found, a ransom note that was written that said, we represent a small foreign faction. <laughs> so, anyway, <sighs> so, Laura Robinson filed a 20 million dollar lawsuit against the FBI for the wrongful death of her brother. What? She claimed that they did not put a rescue team together for Hannah, but instead they put a hit team together to kill her brother. Oh, that's not a thing. So the judge... She's thinking of John Gotti, not the police. (laughs) She's just a little mixed up. The, the, the police, I mean, the judge listened to her claim and actually let the whole rigmarole go to court so that it could be dismissed in the courtroom so that she'd shut the fuck up. I mean, smart judge, but still. Oh, my God. So, finally, the last thing I, oh, sorry. So, it was dismissed and she got nothing. I know you're shocked. I am. Um, but that is what maybe they give her an extra five or 10 million, like just to really show how right. they were. Oh, for damages too. Yeah. Punitive damages. Um, so, uh, that is when that infrared footage became important. Okay. Um, because with it being infrared, you could see him shoot first. Cause it's kind of hot to make a gunpowder explosion in a, let's talk about energy. Like, like you can see the shot happen you dumb bitch is it hot like heat hot or do you mean like it's hot it turns me on (laughs) when people fire rifles after they've kidnapped small girls oh baby (laughs) no don't like that no so finally the last thing i wanted to hit on is hannah's reaction to the lifetime movie this is interesting. I'm, yeah. I'm on board for this. So the the biggest thing is that it opened a ton of victim blaming against her. How? So a lot I of... I don't see how you could watch that movie and be like, oh, that was her fault. Right. So a lot of people commented on the suggestive pictures that she posted of herself on Instagram. Oh. 
and that she'd taken that recent trip to Hollywood with James DiMaggio and there were pictures of her goofing around with him on Instagram and so they were questioning their relationship so then when the preview came out um According to the LA Times, it said the movie feeds the speculation that there was something more between the kidnapper and his victim than meets the eye. But like when the preview came out, they even said when the dust settled, questions began to emerge about the nature of the relationship between Hannah and her kidnapper. What really happened? And so all of those things led to people believing that she had pursued a relationship with this guy. No. Well, again, even if she did, she She's was 16. 16. Yeah. Um, as an adult who works with children every day, mm-hmm. it does not matter what they say. In the end, I remember that I'm the adult and they're the child. And even if my students are hilarious and cool people, I'm not their friend. No. At any point, am I their friend? Mm-hmm. No. Even if they and have the same interest as me, and I think when you're 30 years old, we could be really good friends. I'm just going to wait till they're 30. Till you're 30. Um, <clears throat> you don't get to pursue a relationship with a, with a 16-year-old. And I don't care if those letters that she wrote him were actually just very vivid handwritten detailed notes about every dirty thing she wanted to do to him you don't fucking act on it exactly and she did not even if they were all those she was not opening herself up to anything that came to her no if they had some sort of secret relationship and they didn't you don't get to kidnap her and kill her family. No. And like that is by opening the conversation about her subjective, suggestive pictures on Instagram. And then by saying that she sent these letters, people are truly slut shaming somebody who did nothing. nothing. Well, and also like she's talking, you're talking about the movie. The movie doesn't go that route. They go the route of like, he's, you know, he takes her to the walk of fame and she's like, oh, I'm going to be famous. Like, take this is going to be my star, like this empty star. Like, take my picture because <clears throat> she's 16. And then he's like, oh, pose, arch your back. Like, do, like that's disgusting. Yeah. None of it is her fault. No, absolutely <sighs> not. Um, But so she tweeted. No, she put on her Instagram that the preview alone contained false facts and untrue events and i believe the preview made it look a lot look a lot more salacious than it wound up being but i didn't see it i think they're trying to get people to watch i did not see the preview either but i think the movie did a a good job of showing her as the actual right but so once the preview started if they were trying to show it as more salacious than it actually was i can imagine that that was a lot of backlash for her yeah i can as well so she said she was never approached about them making a movie for her life that she never gave anyone permission for it this is where i get really interested in like all the legalities of these films Uh uh-huh because i know the reasons they use different wording on the outset of like based on a true story inspired by a true story 
um, inspired by true events. Like it's all, it all means a different thing, but I thought when they used your, your name, they had to get they legal had to clearance. Have some kind of clearance from you. Right. So, um, in fact, and it's extremely disturbing that if they don't, like, that's crazy. Yeah. Her grandmother also said that they had never been approached and that, um, that it was awful to have to relive this story again this way. And, um, Hannah's quote I mean, was, but also don't watch it. Well, all of a sudden you're getting tagged on social media. Like, Hey, I saw this movie that's about you. Like, you can't escape like, it in today's Instagram age. <laughs> Please don't I tag won't, her. I won't tag her. I'm not, I'm not going to hashtag her. That's fine. Um, so she said, if anyone is going to tell my story, it should be me. Mm-hmm. And I fucking I agree. agree. Yeah. So I'm on board. It was, re- I, I would be probably more interested to watch. I really like the movies and lifetime kind of, um, for a while they did these movies just kind of all willy nilly, like however they wanted to. And lately I know they've gotten back into getting like the actual victim, like involved in uh-huh. the filming and involved in the story and involved in, you know, everything. So I think that's a good move on their part, but you know, hindsight being 2020, but right. I would, I would love to see some, something from her right. like memoir or something. I think it would be very interesting. I'm very interested in this case now. Absolutely. So it was reported that she was filing a lawsuit against lifetime in connection to the movie, but oh. I was not able to find any more information about that. So I don't know where it is in lawsuit hell huh. or purgatory. Oh. That's where it is. So that is the really awful story of Hannah Anderson. I'm still just baffled that they could make this movie and not tell her. Yeah. I'm baffled that the bitch of a sister could go on after this girl was kidnapped and try to run her name through the mud again. Like, I'm so angry over that. That and the rant about slut shaming gave me, like... I got lightheaded in the middle of all that. (laughs) (laughs) So did you pair this movie with any beverage this week? I did. And that's what I was looking at my phone for. Because I forgot to say it on the top of mine. Shiner Bach this summer, they come out with, um, Shiner Bach is a beer company. It's based in Texas. Um, They have seasonal beers. Shiner Cheer is my normal thing. But they came out with a beer earlier this summer. And I have not tried it, so... But I think it's interesting. It's called Shiner S'more. And what should you drink while sitting around the campfire when you're in the woods with some crazy dude? Right. At that point, your your s'mores might as well be alcoholic. Right. (laughs) I'm here for that. Yeah. That Uh, was my. Did you see anything true crime this week that you'd like to see in a Lifetime movie. Okay, not true crime. I took a break from that because last night I was watching The American, and that is a big uh, rodeo that happens every year that the grand pot is a million dollars. And they open it to literally anybody who rodeos. And then, like, so amateurs go against professionals. You have to qualify. So even if you're, like, a PBR bull rider... You still have to go against the guy who rides bulls for his college team. Okay. And so... um, Or like, you know, 
cousin Jimmy who does it on the weekend for fun. Right. So long as you've qualified, there are specific qualifying events. Mm -hmm. It (laughs) happens in Arlington every year Mm -hmm. um, in the Cowboy Stadium. And so this is only like the fourth or fifth year it's been around, but I love it very much. I'm so glad to know that uh, old, what's his name? The God of Cowboys of the Cowboys, not Cowboys. <laughs> the God of all Cowboys. He is making some money during the off season because he's really uh, just I not was worried any about it. Yeah. Cowboys. Yeah. So, Jerry Jones. Jerry. I almost called him Jim Jones. And I was like, That's, That's not right. I kept trying to say Jim Jones too. That's why I didn't contribute. <laughs> um, anyway, so um, there were two just wonderful, heartwarming stories. And one has just been made into a Netflix movie that actually premieres March the 8th called um, Something Something Rodeo. Let me look up that title real quick. Excellent. (laughs) Um, Oh, man. I'm going to have to Walk Ride Rodeo. Okay. Um, And that is about a girl who was in a car accident who was paralyzed from the waist down. She's a barrel racer and she's actually qualified for the American for the past couple of years. Interesting. And um, so she was the story I would have turned into a lifetime movie, except that Netflix beat me to it. Um, they sure did. And what's super interesting about her is she's the only person who does what she does. So they did this film about her and then had to hire her to be the stunt double for the actor because <laughs> she's the only paralyzed from the waist down barrel racer in existence. So she got paid too. That's yeah. nice. Um, so the one that I would like to see as a lifetime movie is Donna K. Rule. Mm-hmm. Donna K. is an older barrel racer. Usually it's a young person sport. Yeah. Um, but she it's very uh, physical. Yeah. She a couple of years ago at the American, actually, somebody had tied their horse up to a piece of fence that was loose. And the horse no. got spooked and ran off with it. And um, like he was still tied to it. So it was dragging around behind him. And it wound up terrorizing lots of the animals at the event, including hers while she was on it. And he <sighs> got so scared. He jumped to get away and tried to jump into the stands where the people were Oh my! Goodness. and wound up really hurting her and injuring the horse. It was a career ending injury for him. He mm. had to have several surgeries, but he survived. So he's Yay! still at home and they, uh, they still ride him for fun, but he can't compete anymore. Um, but she was competing last night at the American Interesting. and she is just such a badass. Just like the Nancy Kerrigan of rodeo. Yeah, she is. Love it. Oh, I saw a couple things this week. I did see, um, a show on ID since we were doing kidnapping about a girl that was kidnapped by her like drama teacher. Ew. And he like. Okay, and this was, like, in the 80s slash early 90s. So this guy, like, got on a plane with her because you didn't need ID and stuff to fly back then. Right. He just, got, he just like, went to the airport and, like, got on a plane with her. Oh, crazy. But then I also saw a story today, and it would not make a good Lifetime movie. I just think it's funny. Okay. These kids tried to carjack a vehicle, and they were all just stymied because none of them could drive a none stick shift. None of them could drive a stick shift, so the woman just watched. I saw that. <laughs> I thought that was so funny. <laughs> I was like, oh man, that's hysterical. Right. I can just see her like slowly like dialing 911. <laughs> Texting. Like, I got him. 
She's like, I'm glad I'm, it's okay. They're not going anywhere. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. I got to get up and remind myself what movie we're doing next week. Cause unless you have it, I don't remember. I have it here on my phone. Oh, awesome. Because I couldn't remember what we were doing today. Like yesterday, I had to look Uh it up. So I've got it pretty close. I have it on my big calendar, but it's too far away for me to read. An officer and a murderer. Yes, I'm so excited about this one. It's going to be really good. I don't know anything about this one either. Somebody wrote into, and that's why we drink with a listener story about this. Okay. And that's how I remember it. Okay. But she, like, I guess her parents were friends with him and so she like rode in a plane with this crazy dude oh that guy i remember yeah. that okay mm-hmm. yeah and it's played by the guy who was on wings like the guy from wings is in the movie I'm oh super nice excited. yeah nice so we will do that next week yes and don't, that's it don't forget to rate review and subscribe please oh did you figure out how to how to rate with no, your... no there's not a good way so what mm-hmm. i thought i had heard was how to find the reviews if you weren't an apple user not mm-hmm. how to leave a review oh well bummer <sighs> well but it's fine no I'm not too worried about it and so I just want to say, I really appreciate the people who are listening. We yeah. have already 800 downloads. 815, I think. Yeah. And so it's just, it's awesome that people listen to our obnoxious voices. I know. Especially uh, me. Oh, while I'm talking about this, I do want to say, um, somebody this week contacted me and said, I have a couple of suggestions, but I feel like an asshole making them. I am open to criticism. (laughs) Please don't feel like you're offending me because I want things to be as good for you as possible. Um, And so a couple of things they said were like that my audio quality sucks. And I knew that for the first few episodes while I was trying Mm -hmm. to figure everything out. I think the past couple have gotten better. Yeah. And just some other things that were really good criticisms and I appreciate them. I appreciate that you took time out of your day to tell me because it shows that it matters to you and it definitely matters to us. Here's what I think. I enjoy criticism less. However, I am open to the suggestion. So what I would suggest is to send them to Paul and then he can break the news to me gently about the horrible things that I do. Absolutely. You can just, Mm -hmm. and you, if you want to email us, put in the subject line, my name so that we know it's criticism, just say Paul. Uh And then Aaron won't open it. Although if I get like a bunch of emails that say Paul, I'm going to be like, ah, yes, it's fine. (laughs) Um, Hey, where can they find us on social media? Um, at Lifetime Sentence on the Instagram, at Life Sentence Pod on the Twitter machine, um, and I don't know the blog. LifetimeSentencePod.com. Yes. And if you own LifetimeSentencePodcast.com, please contact us because we want to get it from you. Yes. <laughs> I, ideally, I would like or just LifetimeSentence.com. Yeah, we'll take that too. Um, all right well it has been a pleasure potting with you you too i will we'll do this same time next week and hopefully uh my power won't go out in the middle hopefully don't forget to eat your vegetables
Yes. Eat your vegetables. Charge your phone. (laughs) Bye. Bye. This has been Lifetime Sentence, where the truth really is stranger than fiction. Thanks for listening.